welcome back to the gavel and the gabble and it's simon here uh, recording from wet devon and i'm on my own dear listener i have been abandoned i am literally unsupervised now i appreciate that that's not a great situation but my lovely wonderful friend and superstar auctioneer is currently sunning himself in Cyprus, a well-deserved holiday for Harry and Emma, but that leaves me high and dry. But thankfully, we have David, our superstar producer, who is going to bail me out with a best of, worst of compilation. You make your own mind up, best of, worst of. And he is going to put that together for this episode whilst Harry covers himself in chip fat and lays under the sun with his mojito. So we hope Harry and Emma are having a wonderful holiday. David, over to you. Bail us out. So ever since we've been working together, uh, dear listeners, uh, my handwriting has been questioned by just about everybody we've ever worked with. Because obviously... Anybody that can read... Anybody can read, yeah, because I do a lot of writing, particularly on the rostrum, writing figures down and all the rest of it that need to be referenced. And I can't do sevens and fours, it turns out. But we can now add to that ones and sevens. Oh, brilliant. Because a lady this morning, who will remain nameless, but my crew met in her nightie and dressing gown (laughs) (laughs) when they went to number 11 in the Uh street. And they knocked on the door and she said, hello, how can I help you? And they said, hello, we're here to clear your house. (laughs) (laughs) And then went, we're we're very sorry. We know we're not meant to be here. This is obviously the wrong house because you've only just got up. And I'd got my 11s and my 7s wrong. (laughs) And it was 17. On a bad day, I could imagine Graham and Ray saying, no, 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 we're here to do a job and clearing that house for the poor woman. Oh, no, no. Yeah, yeah. It was a full team showing. There were more than two people on this job. And also, we're on view at the moment for this weekend's coming sale, which you're joining me for. Thank thank goodness. Looking forward to it. And so when they did come back, it was quite a busy room. We've got a lot of furniture coming up for sale on uh, Friday. And therefore, you have a lot of people in the room viewing and sitting on things and testing things and looking underneath things and, you know, all the rest of it. So it's busy furniture viewing, I always think, is quite one of the busier days. And they told all of them. (laughs) (laughs) It's like they picked people in the room, in the showroom, and walked around and said, do you know what the auctioneer did to us today? And then regaled them with the story. I must have heard the story 20 times, reverberating around the room. Are we paying for the therapy of the poor little old lady in her nightgown uh, who uh, now thinks is... that people people turn up in the middle of the night just to clear her house whether she wants to or not? I believe I have sent a bunch of flowers to the house <laughs> in question. i tell you what I do want to talk about, though, and I do need to get this off my chest. So we have featured this in the previous webcast as well. Um, and yesterday was the day that we got to sell all of the Harry Potter wizardy wands, wasn't it? Hang on, hang on a second, um, uh, wizardy wand person. Did you just refer to this as a webcast? <laughs> I don't know. 
Is it? Yeah, I think you did, David. Make sure in in the edit, keep that in. <laughs> keep that in. Keep that in. It's a, I'm starting trends. Sorry, but the ninety-year-old business partner I seem to have inherited. <laughs> Sorry, go on with your ones. Right. But here's the thing. So first and foremost, all of the ones sold. This is only a shock to you. The best bit, though, was once the catalogue went live, within 12 hours, we had an irate email from a man, a grown-up man, who said, I would like to draw your attention. I'm assuming that's how he sounded. I mean, it was an email, so I don't I know. Don't think we, I don't think we need the voice. I don't think that's I think a bit cancelled. I think, uh, no, no, we I don't. Think we absolutely do. Right. So the email said, I would like to, dear sirs, I would like to draw your attention to the fact that your Harry Potter ones are, in fact, fakes. Okay. And I, I assumed that he was going to put at the bottom, and so is that unicorn you're riding. Because <laughs> that's fakes as well, isn't it? Right. How exactly does a grown man come to the opinion that any wand could be real and that, therefore, our ones are fake? I swear to God, I lost my mind contemplating a response to that particular... Your wands are fakes. Really? Okay. Well, yeah, I have taken out half a dozen and tried to turn water into wine. And you're absolutely right, sir. They're all fakes. Feel better now. I'm glad you got that out of the chest. I think what Simon's saying is, because he rants and raves about this wand thing and just doesn't get it, um, that um, he had lotted them up incorrectly in any case. Oh, here put, we go. No, and put, have, no. And put the wrong houses... And he put Dumbledore and um, Voldemort together. He shall not be named and all this sort of stuff. And it was interesting because we had an awful lot of good quality. Simon has had a really impressive month um, hunting down and collecting these lots from a variety of sources. And um, so hats off to him. But um, not knowing and not having read any of the books, um, it was quite entertaining from a person who's, you know, I'm I'm a little bit addicted to it, as were lots of people in the room. Um, and in fact, we had the owner of a, a Harry shop. Potter, uh, a Harry Potter uh, themed shop, who was who there. was absolutely charming, but who also got on my case about the fact that that you'd mixed up Doodle Door with Trumble Dumble, stop it, Skindle Flindle Muddle Door, and. <laughs> And witchy warlocks and trolls under the bridge. Now, maybe for goodness sake. Well, what do I you think, mean? I mix the wands up. I, I think. Mean, I think the important. Listen thing from to this, yourself. I think the important thing from this. Listen to is, what you're saying. I, I'm very happy with what I'm saying. Is to say that, um, thank goodness, as we all agreed after the auction yesterday, when chatting to various people who were loading their uh, purchases into vehicles and cars and some very happy purchases, particularly in the in the Harry Potter memorabilia and uh, wand section, um, that one auctioneer knowing what he's talking about on a particular subject and one not leads to, one, quite a lot of humorous exchanges on the restroom. Um, me, and, uh, me, I think I actually got punched at one point for trying to correct him. <laughs> well you deserved it quite frankly um, and also that we continue to say uh, that Simon will never dampen down his strong opinions and views 
They're not um, strong opinions, which is, Harry. They're not strong which opinions. Is why, wand, which is why he's a never allowed... wand is never going to be real, is it? Which is why he's never allowed access. <laughs> I want it, access I've, I've learned. I've learned that if you pretend he hasn't spoken, that's the easiest way. Just keep talking yourself. Um, that we're in good in we're in good fettle. Next month, I'm going to get a pony. Right, I'm going to get a pony. I'm going to stick a, a cornetto on its nose. I'm going to call it a unicorn, and we'll see if we can sell that. I guess uh, the notable piece that we done from a, a clearance, <coughs> Harry, uh, we found a cello, and so. Oh yeah, this doesn't like, cover me with glory. This story does it. <laughs> <laughs> what do I? What do I know about cellos, musical instruments in general? You know, I played a guitar many years ago, but that's a, that's about the limit of it. So took it along to uh, Harry. Harry, have a look at this. Uh, not really interested in that, mate. Thank you very much. <laughs> not for me so i brought it home and said the missus the missus said what did harry say what did harry say i said he wasn't interested he he, he didn't see he couldn't it was a bit tatty to be honest um so no he, there's no he need to defend me in my, uh, don't defend me in front of simon it's fine he's he's gonna dine out on this Michael, I can already tell you, I can already tell you, I'm loving this story. I don't, I don't know, Anna, I am loving it. Carry on, please. This is brilliant. She did a little bit more investigating, uh, as, as my wife does. She's like, I'm not having that, I'm not having that. So anyway, so she's there, lights <laughs> on it, looking inside, what can she see underneath? And then she finds this sort of faint, I don't know, marking, signature, whatever it might be. Anyway, turns out it's from 1747 or 1743. I can't remember who it was made by. So she just whacks it on eBay, you know, on, on a, you know, not a bit of a whim. She's done a lot of research around it. Still not loving this story. <laughs> oh, adoring this story. Best story ever. <laughs> turns out uh, a, a guy from London bought it who's, uh, he does, uh, well, wooden, wood instruments up, shall we say, cellos, violins, etc. And he turns up and he goes, yeah, I know who that's, I know who that's by, et cetera. It's by so-and-so and so-and-so. He said, yeah, he said, I'll spend about 500 quid on that and sell it for about three and a half, four grand. And so we're like, oh, bloody hell. And so, and not to say we were disappointed because we got 1700 for it. So it was pretty good from that perspective. Uh, the auctioneer wasn't interested. Yeah. Oh, oh, I tell you what, there is a problem with podcasts. There is a real definite problem with podcasts. And that is that you can't currently see, listeners, the video camera that is pointed to Harry and the appalling body language, the crossed arms, the grumpy face. Michael, best story ever. I received... So clients take your WhatsApp is an amusing thing, isn't it? So clients yeah, take yeah. your mobile number and then they WhatsApp you pictures sometimes at random times of day and night, like lots of people, when they're thinking of something. And I got a picture yesterday evening, so I'm sat at home, of, um, and the lady described it, oh, I've got this baby doll nighty. But then obviously lost faith in what she was writing and just sent it. <laughs> Oh. So I sat on the sofa chatting to my um, to my wife and said, what she'd tell you or whatever it was. And um, then this picture of, sort of, you know, sexy underwear came up. On my Sorry, was she, was, was she wearing it? No, 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 no. Oh, right. no, 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 no. It's just laid out. And I but it just says I've got this. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't know who this person is because I haven't saved their number to what? my phone. 
This sounds like a really good double bluff cover that you're running here. No, no, no. I mean, seriously. So, I know, brilliant. Honestly, love, it's on the podcast. It was was nothing. (laughs) Really? (laughs) So, episodes ago, just so we could qualify this, and it is very funny. This is how my week is panning out. So, episodes ago, we talked to everybody about, or I talked about, the fact that I've been asked to uh, value a dress that had been in um, a Bond movie. Yes, yes. Do you remember that? I do, yeah. And, right, okay. So I've been asked that. Well, turns out that it was uh, Gillian St. John um, was wearing the dress, but in another scene, she also wore this baby doll negligee. Negligee is the word I've just found for it. There you go. Negligee. And so they sent me a picture of that saying, oh, we could include this in the sale because we've got both items. Oh, right. Okay. And I was like, but I, so I messaged back and said, hi, who is this? And they went, oh, I just sort of sent it without filling in all the bits, you know. And then I was like, well, if you could hurry back with that, that'll really help. (laughs) How about this? I've got a weird one for you. This happened this week. Lady came in, she brought, um, we valued a load of diamond rings and gold and silver and bits and bobs. And then we discussed the process as we do and said, right, so, and she said, well, when's the auction going to be? Oh, it's going to be at the end of the month. It's going to be at this time. And uh, she was sat there with her husband, who, God bless him, said very little for the hour and 20 minutes that we were going through all of this. So we described the process. So this is all the stuff that's going to go in. I'm looking forward to your reaction to this, Harry. No word of a lie. Husband sat next to him. She said, right, so the auction starts at what time? 10.30. She said, I'll be there at 10 o'clock. I'll be there. She said, you know what? Your auction's better than sex. What? (laughs) And I went, "Uh, uh, I beg your pardon? And she went, oh, better than sex. And I was like, he sat right there. He's right next to you. And he just had his arms folded. He was looking down at the floor and I looked at him and I thought, oh, mate, this has not gone well for you, has it? Oh, I saw a beautiful house where sadly um, I was doing um, a probate valuation for somebody in their 90s who'd passed away. And I literally sat in their drawing room and just said, can I just live here? (laughs) Um, because it was full of amazing and amazing, amazing antiques. But I tell you, an interesting part of this uh, appraisal was because a member of the family had been a real collector of Georgian antiques and all the rest of it. Hmm. There was five or six pieces of ivory. And sadly, I had to explain to them that although this was antique ivory, and we were, you know, all for um, preservation of animals and we weren't for talking about hunting of ivory, but we appreciated this was very old and it was antique, etc. But it was now of no value at all. And it broke their hearts because they thought that this money could be used, you know, to assist with the family, etc., etc., etc. And it was a very peculiar conversation to have. And they fully understood but it was interesting that they had never heard of the ban. That's interesting, isn't it? And I wonder whether enough has been done in the industry and by the government to promote, but maybe they've just got too much on. I mean, that is the political statement, but 
you know, when the ban came in, but they never, I don't know how you publicise these things. It's probably quite low down the the agenda, I suppose. Yeah, but it was interesting. They had no idea. No they idea. said, oh, can you, you know, this? these are the sort of things, Um, you know, we don't like ivory, but, you know, could you take these to auction and that money will be used to pay the bills and, you know, for the family and all the rest of it. Um, and yeah, interesting, huh? The bearer of bad news. We yeah, well, I did say at one point, having looked at four things and saying I can't sell any of it um, for you, I did think at one point they might actually ask me to leave in a moment and they're really nice people. It's, it's, but I keep saying no, no, no. They're going to go out, out, out. Yeah, exactly. I mean, sometimes you do feel it's not the easiest way to make friends, is it? Because the auction market, it's a complicated, uh, fashion-driven, you know, we've all talked about dark furniture, Stunning, well-made dark furniture to turn it away seems ridiculous. But if it's not going to make a five pound note, it's of, you know, we don't make any money. You don't make any money. There is no point. So it's a, it, it, they're tricky conversations to have, aren't they? Mm, it was interesting. And I was just thinking, gosh, you know, these people have obviously got big collections. They're not daft. They're business no. people. They're nice, nice folk. They read newspapers. They listen to the news. And it just hadn't come across their radar. And I, and I, did, I, th I found that quite interesting. The thing is, as well, is that the amount of new, the amount of new sofas, because velvet is obviously a real hot trend, uh, not even a trend. It's here, it's here to stay. And the amount of companies that are using cotton velvet, and it marks like you wouldn't believe. It fades in the light like you, you should not be selling a hundred percent cotton velvet for anybody unless you say to them your sofa is going to last you twelve months, because literally wow. it fades and it stains so badly. You need a little bit of polyester in there or a little bit of something to actually make that fabric robust. I saw the other day, and so I got an email through a company sending me promoting a new sofa for £699, six colourways, all versions of grey, cream and brown, and one blue, one cobalt blue, not a green or a pink or anything inside, really boring. Three-year guarantee on the foam and the fabric. Three years. That just tells you how badly made that is. But the, the, the perception is it's a cheap sofa. I'll probably have gone off it in three years. I'll just yeah. dump it. And yeah. that's what I'm really trying to convince people that, no, I can't re-upholster that sofa for £600, are you, including fabric. Are you mad? Because I'm going to have to improve it. But don't throw it away. Find a good upholsterer. Get good fabric that's got a longer life, shelf life than three yeah, years. Yeah, now, Sharon, what is the name? What's the... You've got to get a high rub count. Yes. You saw my post Come on, I listen to the <laughs> social media. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it is. Rub count on a sofa is so important. And that is the Martindale rub count. is how, And that is literally how many times it's been compressed and tested that actually it doesn't mark. And you do need a high rub count on a sofa. By the way, I've got so many jokes here, but because I've got so much respect for Sharon, <laughs> I'm going to do none of them. Yes, mate. None of them. <laughs> I had to get this into the into the interview somehow, but guess what? Your lowest, your entry level rub count should be. It's for I'll sofa, tell you now for a, for a sofa. It's in the thousands. Well, how many thousands? He hasn't done I his don't... research, Sharon. He hasn't done his research. <laughs> I'm shocked at you, Simon. <laughs> I, you are so a, such a tinker, Harry Barron. <laughs> he is, isn't he? He is, isn't he? He really is. <laughs> I, I... Nothing below twenty five thousand rubs. <laughs> 25,000 for an occasional chair. Oh my God. To 50 what? for a sofa. I'm a big fan of an occasional rub. Stop it. <laughs>
Most of my fabrics for sofas are 100,000 rub count. Years in them. Year, they'll last you years. Cats, dogs, babies. I'm such a child. I cannot take this seriously at all. <laughs> this is the problem. Why rub count funny? <laughs> but this is the why Simon and I have a problem. Of all the things you could call it, surely they should have found, come up with something else. No, they do. They do. They call it the Martindale test, but it's caught in brackets rub count. <laughs> now, if you'd have gone with Martindale test across the whole board, would have been fine. There would yep. have been no problem with this. But nobody segment. knows what that means. You, everyone knows what rub means. No, stop. <laughs> no, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> Producer Dave, these are the bits you might have to listen to quite carefully to decide which bits you're going to keep in and take out. <laughs> <laughs> we had a visit from the Green Room School in Windsor. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is a specialist school. And uh, they've got a selective uh, policy with regards to their students. They're a great bunch, really great bunch of kids. And they are doing bargain hunt this week. So what they did on Tuesday mornings, they all got up early and they went to Sunbury Antiques Market at Kempton, which oh, you brilliant. and I have spoken about before. Yeah. And on Monday, yeah, yeah. they came to us to have a chit chat about things that they should maybe keep an eye open, things they should buy, put into auction. And then on our sale at the end, in our sale or on our sale, I can't remember which way around now, at the end of November, they all were given a little budget and they will buy an item and then winner takes all. And there is competition because I said, oh, well, we allowed to because schools are different nowadays, aren't they? About competition. They said and all the kids went, no, no, we're all competing with each other. Brilliant. Oh, well done. This was their sixth form. And they are a great bunch of kids. So they're with us for about an hour. And are they coming to the auction? Uh, sadly, it's during I think it's during school time. So oh. this is even worse for you and I. They are sending a video camera or a phone, which is probably what that will turn out to be. And we are doing a recorded session. And so we're, when their lots are up, it, they're going to record us so that they can play it back. Ooh, how do we know they're not bidding online secretly? I, I have no idea because they're very bright bunch of kids. So they we, we So doing this talk, so you can imagine the questions. The first questions that they ask when they walk through the door is, do you have any knives, swords, guns, <laughs> things like that, that we could look at? And I was like, no, we don't. Thinking, glad we locked all those away. Um, and the kids were laughing. And then um, they went on and they said, they wanted to know what was the most interesting, the most shocking thing that we found and all the rest of it. Very little interest in traditional antiques for obvious reasons. And why would you? Why get would that? you? Yep. Very interested in the fact that you and I uncovered an illegal eye clinic, which I think we've spoken about before right, on yeah. the podcast. Found that really good mm -hmm. and liked that and had lots of questions about that. So we were telling that anecdote, but really liked when we found the body in the fruit boxes in that house in Old Windsor, you know, nice. the Anglo-Saxon. Yes. That is when I had control of the room for the first time in five, you know, they'd been there 25 minutes by the time we got onto that. And there was a hushed silence while we talked about bones in cupboards. <laughs> well, they thought that was the business. They That's really the... enjoyed that. But um, there's, I saw some uh, photos on Instagram and all the rest of it. And I, it's nothing to do with me. I just think, 
hats off to our industry, right? Because those kids were at Sunbury and all the dealers got it immediately. Brilliant. There's some superb photos of dealers chatting to the kids, educating them, showing them things on their pitches in the full knowledge that they can't, you know, their budgets weren't stretching necessarily to these yeah, particular yeah, yeah. items. But they really got into it. And Sunbury, and Sunbury Antiques, I think, welcomed them with open arms. And um, But people really embraced this bargain hunt competition. So, do you know what? You know, people malign lots of people. Those guys have been up since three in the morning or even earlier, pitching out and all the rest of it. And they still found time to be good good people and help these kids out. And it was really good. And have you any idea what sort of things they bought? No. So they are being brought in next week. Uh, we haven't seen the items. Um, we will put, I think, yeah, on the Gavin and the Gabble podcast, we'll put a little montage of the uh, of the bits that they put up, shall we? And, um, and, That's a great, um, yeah. And then who wins and who doesn't, win, you know, and all the rest of it. But you know what? What a cracking idea for a day out for uh, kids it's brilliant, and they're not children. They're they, they you know, they're lower six. They're, they're but they're a great bunch of young young people. Really good. People. Yeah, yeah. How much are we charging them commission? Uh, we sadly are not charging them anything. Obviously, oh, you how? <laughs> what? Yeah. I mean, so yeah, that was. The, do you know what? I have had a brilliant week. I have found some amazing stuff, mm-hmm. really cool stuff. Um, but that was probably that was Monday morning, and that was probably the high point of my week. What's the strangest thing you ever sold? Um, I found in Windsor, there was an illegal eye clinic in a double garage behind a house. Uh And I had to sell all the medical equipment, including x-ray machines, eye scanners that had been secreted in the garage. And that's where people used to come and have their eyes and their eye operations in a double garage. Yeah, so that's the weirdest thing. The, the most peculiar thing I found is, I didn't find it, my men found it, um, was in a wardrobe in Old Windsor. And it was, you know when you get your fruit, it comes in uh, boxes, you yeah. know, they sling it out in those sort of plastic crates. Um, and there was a crate on each level of the wardrobe. And um, each, held, each crate held part of a Anglo-Saxon body that they'd dug up under their patio. I can t- I've got good stories that make, you know, this is all right. So we had to phone the police and there had to be a murder inquiry. And fortunately, it had already been investigated in the late 70s, oh. but it wasn't on their digital record. So we all had to wait two or three days while they d- found out. So you sold a body? We didn't sell a body. It gets more peculiar. It gets more peculiar. So we donated the body to Windsor Museum, and I will tell you the gist of the email. We sent them an email and we said, hi, we've got an Anglo-Saxon body, and we think it's quite cool, and it was buried near uh, Old Windsor, and yada, 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 and would you like it for your display? And they came back to us, and what do you think they said? We've got too many of those already. (laughs) (laughs) And we don't want it, so we paid for it to have a funeral. So it's buried in Reading. So yeah, we paid for the, we paid, paid for the, and we knew it was a Christian because it was buried when it was dug up. The direction of the where the feet were pointing. So if you ever want to Google this, Anglo-Saxon burials, depending on which way their feet was were pointing, was um, whether they were Christian or not. 
So we knew them Christian, so we organised a Christian burial for him, which is all a bit weird. We had to do a small, and I mean very small, house clearance and removal for a young lady in Devon with severe OCD. I've never come across this before. This was genuinely really tricky. So we, I met with her mother and we basically developed a rule book for exactly how the clearance and the removal had to work. The order in which we were allowed to touch things because of the young lady's issue with cross-contamination. Oh, gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mate, honestly, really serious this. She had her clothes laid out on the floor in a particular pattern. Everything had been cleaned to within an inch of its life. Mm. But items that were going to auction could not be touched prior to touching an item that would be moved to her new property because that created cross-contamination and would upset her. It was an unbelievably tricky, and I have to say, hats off. What, uh, what an amazingly challenging condition this poor girl's having to deal with. This poor girl, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean... Really, I've, I don't understand it and I've not really come across it before. And it was, yeah, challenging, mind-blowing, frightening. I felt for her tremendously. And I was really proud of our lads, Harry, that mm. I, I had to sit them down and say, now, listen, guys, this, okay, this might seem strange, but actually they took it on board and we worked with them, and it was literally down to, I mean, like a military operation, you must not touch the walls when you come in. You mustn't touch the walls. You mustn't touch these items. This is the order in which you will touch anything. And it was, it was really an unbelievable eye-opener, and it was very, very serious in, for the mother and the daughter that we got this right. And I have to say, really proud of our lads that they took it on board. They embraced the cha challenge. Our crews are used to working with all sorts of um, challenging situations. It's not just all about, you know, people moving house. You, a lot of the time, as we've discussed before, it's people who may be on their sort of dementia journey. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people who have been um, recently lost family members, so they're grieving, which it brings on a whole host of, you're not yourself. A lot of people will say that to you. I'm, I'm not myself. You know, I'm prone yeah. to extreme, not ex I th extreme is too strong a word, but different reactions to normal. Mm -hmm. um, you get and you know there's a lot of crying obviously quite often if it's the family home and that sort of stuff so I'm not surprised that the boys were able to if we're allowed to call them that were able to take um, this in their stride because I it's just to... in their mind in their mind there it's just another situation but it, it I've never I've never encountered it before so it, it's fascinating it, I'd never encountered it before and I have to say um, this week 
I think you and I can be very proud of the team because um, we got the phone call afterwards to say everything was perfect. It could have gone horribly wrong because it would have caused mass. It was it was it was instilled in me. If you if we get this wrong, as trivial as it may sound to you, it is of massive importance mm, mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. to these in, and so it was a it was a, it was an amazing experience um again as i say very proud of the team we did a we did a great job and it was a real eye opener to what some people have to deal with on a daily basis and how quite frankly tricky life can be for a lot of people so yeah, I just wanted to share that with you because it was a, a a real eye opener. It must. I'm sure she gets on with life and all the rest of it, but it it, it oh it she does. She's amazing. Very for sounds very 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 tricky. She's amazing. She's amazing. Um, her mother's amazing as well. And and the the amazing thing I think is as well is that this is the OCD is embraced. Um, they look to get people like us in who will equally embrace the challenge. And yeah, it was a real amazing it's a experience. We, it's we've a just thing. Got to live life with it. Yeah, let's get exactly. on. Exactly. And actually, if you embrace it, like the mother, the daughter, that everybody's, done, and then the team that are doing the work, it can still, it can still all be amazing and work really, really well. And it didn't. I was particularly, I was quite anxious myself about it when it was when we were doing the work to make sure that we got it just. And the boys got it spot on. So just wanted to share that with you. You know I love my furniture, absolutely love my furniture. But my word, stick walnut in the title. Yeah. And you're it is the wood of choice. Thing. It is the wood of choice. So lot 53, a walnut. Shall I make you laugh, dear listener? I will make I will make our listeners laugh. Is that I got sent a list of lots he was going to talk about so I could do my homework. The last three, right, <laughs> have not were not on that list. So I'm having an absolute nightmare having to remember. And I've only sold what what have we sold? Two thousand items. Two thousand lots. Yeah, yeah. two thousand. So this walnut escritoire. Escritoire with fitted interior. And quite rightly, Harry, uh, in the description you have said as found. You're not kidding. I will not shame uh, the owners. They inherited a house and this piece of furniture no. was in a lean-to conservatory with a broken roof oh. uh, where water had come in. Um, oh. This piece of furniture was covered in mould and we rescued it because we, it was a really nice thing. We rescued it and we literally gave it a clean-up. So we li- all we did was we wiped the white uh, mould off it. To say it has losses would be an understatement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's got a, a huge full front that opens up into a desk. It's got fabulous interior um, with drawers and all the rest of it. But there are bits of veneer missing. There are bits of cornicing missing. It has had a rough old life, hasn't it? It really, really has. But don't get me wrong, you still look at it and think, in its day, that was an amazing item and therefore deserves a chance at auction in the hope 
that someone will rescue this piece of furniture and return it to its former glory. And I would say, quite rightly, you estimated it at 120 to 150 pounds. Putting you on the spot again. What did it make, Harry? Uh, it made 900. <laughs> 900 pounds. Yeah, and everybody was happy. The buyer was happy. So this yes. is important. Yes, the, absolutely. The buyer was made up because they felt they'd done very well. Mm. And the vendor was happy because literally they had asked us to throw it into a skip. Really? Amazing. Yeah. When we and went to collect two pieces of furniture, I had said to the boys, if you can get this thing out of this lean-to at the back, I w we want it. If the customer yeah. will let us have it. Yeah. And they, the chaps, the, our team had said, look, is it all right? And they went, yeah, of course, because they were literally throwing, you know, uh, lots of stuff away and into skips and all the rest of it um, mm. because it had reached the end of its, it really had reached. Yeah. And so everybody, I think everybody will be happy with the outcome of that one. There's the cup, boxing cup collection from Paddy Peters. Who's this very interesting That's, character? Um, yeah, that is amazing. So tell us about him. Have we talked? Have we talked about that on the podcast before? No, no. So Paddy Peters is uh, was an Irish guards, uh, an Irish guard corporal in the Irish guards in nineteen late nineteen twenties, um, mm -hmm. and he became the British Army boxing champion. And um, in the photos, you'll see it's quite funny that you'll see there's a little picture, there's a little statue of a boxer, silver boxer. And then there's a medium one and there's a large one because he was champion for three years and that's giving him a bigger statue. <laughs> um, he then, the last time he won, you know so much more about boxing, but he won the ABA, I think it is, the Emma Boxing Association right, champion. Yeah. Not So in the UK, in, in Great Britain. So he became champion amateur um, boxer. And at that point, similar, I think, to nowadays, he was persuaded to turn professional and leave the army. And it really didn't suit him. The oh. guards had been his life and he'd been a boy soldier. Oh, so wow. he'd been in uh, before he was 16. He was a boy soldier. And he then was not happy. And the RAF heard that he wasn't very happy. And they said, we would like you, Paddy, to be our boxing coach. So he then joined the RAF. Oh, wow. As their boxing coach. And he took a team to South Africa. And they were on a tour of South Africa. So they were doing exhibition fights all over South Africa with a South African army team and an RAF team. And they were flying around the country. And very sadly, the transport plane that they were in crashed and he was killed. Oh, no. Uh, along with m the majority of both boxing teams. And uh, we're acting for his grandkids. They've decided to sell the collection. And it's just very, very interesting. The pictures of his funeral, he was held in such high regard that it almost looks like a state funeral. I know it's not a state funeral, but it's huge. Yeah. The funeral they gave wow. him in, in South Africa is enormous. And subsequently, it has become, in later years, it became a sort of pilgrimage spot for Irish guardsmen and boxers who were out in South Africa. They'd go and find his grave, say a few words of thanks. And, That's fantastic. Uh, the commanding officer of the regiment flew out years later 
and sort of went to the headstone and said, thanks, Paddy, for everything you've done. You know, not only were you a great soldier, but you were great. And all this sort of stuff. It's, I mean, anecdotally. Um, so, with, so yeah, it is. It is a really interesting story. Um, I have spent, I mean, economically, as with all these things, you get sucked into the story and you spend far too much time reading and researching and all the rest of it. So economically, if, if, it were, if you earned money out of this for pounds spent on the hours of reading up on this fellow, it wasn't work. But it's just such an absorbing story. So, yeah, that's coming up. Really, really interesting. That is so cool. Oh, yeah, so there's lots of, lots of nice antiques and we've got some amazing furniture and yada, 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 yada. Um, and the Bond dress and God knows what, and all the things I've rabbit on about. But this is quite an interesting, and all those cups, all those cups in that photo, there's a very large selection in the car, are all there is, silver. Yeah. They're all silver. They're all solid silver? Yeah. Wow. Goes to show that in the 30s, these <laughs> people were held yeah. in much higher esteem. Very high regard, yeah. Rather wow. than the That's sort amazing. of a lot of this nonsense that you get now. What a cracking story. And that there is the genius of David. Quite frankly, as you can tell, David doesn't need us, doesn't need Harry or me. We could both go on holiday and he can still make a fantastic episode. So thank you, David. You're a superstar. You've bailed us out yet again. I can't tell you how many times that is. Um, our next uh, episode will actually go out on the Wednesday coming. Uh, we have a whole host of interviews. We have got some stunning people coming onto the podcast, some television personalities, people that you'll know, and some fascinating individuals. So we look forward to seeing you middle of next week for the next one. Harry will be back bronzed and beautiful, and we will have guests galore coming up for you over the next couple of weeks. So remember to like, subscribe, send us your comments. We love to hear from you. And that's a wrap for this one. Thank you, David. Thank you.